Hi, welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Peter Bulmer, owner of Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring issues facing today's Canadian aftermarket professionals, sponsored by SiriusXM Canada. SiriusXM is making it possible to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to SiriusXM.ca slash four shops for details. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. Today, I'm joined by Jack Chapman of Shop Pros. Jack, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Now, I guess we'll start at the logical point. Uh, Jack, give our listeners a little bit of background on you, on your role within Shop Pros, what Shop Pros does, and how we kind of fit into the automotive aftermarket for our listeners. Yeah, sure. No problems. It's probably a story that uh, many of your listeners have uh, heard or told before. I am uh, currently living just outside of Atlanta. I'm originally from Michigan, lived in Detroit for quite a while because my dad and my grandfather both worked for Ford Motor Company. And my dad was actually in charge of the fleet for the police officers and things like that that was sponsored by Ford. So he was pretty much stationed uh, with the city of Detroit. Automotive for me started in my dad's garage, uh, like a lot of us, uh, you know, fixing cars, restoring cars, whatever needed to be done for the family. From there, I went into the uh, instant oil change side of things, started off in a pit changing oil and, and you know, doing some uh, various work on on vehicles, moved into management with that company, you know, swore that uh, this isn't what I was going to do for the rest of my life, uh, like I'm sure uh, a lot of us probably did as well. In about 2001, 2002, we moved to Atlanta. I, I moved to Atlanta with my uh, now wife for opportunity. Uh, Atlanta and the Georgia market for jobs was just exploding then. And so I, I came on board with a gentleman by the name of Greg Sands, who owned a company called America Service Station and developed a lot of different concepts and had the opportunity to grow there from a service writer to an assistant manager into regional management uh, for them. And he sold that business to Meineke. So I was able to go and experience the multi-unit you know, na- national franchise uh, environment. From there, I went to Midas for an independent franchise owner, the Katz family. They, they are responsible for, I think, just over 10% of all Midas franchises uh, in the US. They, they own those. Uh, so a lot of hiring, training, recruiting, teaching, building uh, plans, uh, helping stores and people succeed has really been what my background was was about. And so when I got the call from uh, Harry Cousins and, uh, and Connie Evans here at Shop Pros, of course, it was right up my alley, right? Those were the things that I enjoyed about upper level management. There were many things that I did not enjoy about upper, upper level management with the franchises, but one of one of my passions was to to create a plan, set it in motion, and then watch people grow in that environment. and And that's my passion in this business. And so, it makes a natural fit for Shop Pros. And uh, you know, a little bit about Shop Pros. We um, we are a, an automotive aftermarket uh, solutions company, I would guess you would call us. We do have a great piece of software called Business Builder that a lot of our members use as a business planning and uh, development uh, software. But we also do advisor training. We do some marketing. We have a client management group that handles phone calls, reviews, all that good stuff. But our biggest thing is just accelerating people's success. That's that's what our uh, our mantra, I guess you would call it, uh, is. Yeah. So it sounds like you got a pretty 
wide and diverse uh, sort of experience within the aftermarket. It's, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, I swore I was never, I was not going to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> there's, there's that old saying, no, no one ever truly leaves the aftermarket. <laughs> right, right. There, there's so many different facets and things that you can utilize different skill sets for within this industry. So Shop Pros is kind of a funny company and maybe funny is not the right word, but it's part of what I describe as a new player in an old space. And what I mean by that is I think there's a recent trend towards the professionalization of running a shop. It has maybe deserved, maybe undeserved a reputation for shop owners to be, you know, not, not professionals. They're, they're grease monkeys. They're turning wrenches. They're not business people, which is an unfair assessment in my opinion. But it's because running a small business, I mean, I'm sort of a perfect example of that. No one teaches you how to run a small business in high school, in college, in university, even really. It's kind of that, a lot that's of, an entirely different topic, huh, Peter? No, <laughs> we, we, we can probably do a whole show just on that as well. Right? I'm positive we could. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of fucking up. It's a lot of, you know, making mistakes. I'm kind of bringing this business insight into a traditionally underserved market. What are some common things that you find with shop owners? Some, or, or just in terms of running a business in general, how are some ways you can streamline? How are some ways that, or what are some ways that you're seeing people make errors in? Yeah, we, we are fairly new in this space. Our, our company uh, at its core has really always been uh, involved. In fact, one of our uh, our found, founders who he's, he passed last year, uh, Harry, he was actually really heavily involved with Pace Automotive Systems. He developed a lot of the software that actually laid the groundwork for Epicor and Activant. So we've always been tied to solutions, right? We've always been tied to how do we make this easier for people uh, there at the shop. When you think about Exactly what you said, you know, the guy, the guys that are in the industry not being considered businessmen, you're right, they're, they're not, but they are entrepreneurs, right? And they have this drive inside of them to succeed. And, and the biggest problem that we noticed coming into this was people just didn't know what they didn't know. For us to be able to kind of analyze, come in, analyze their business and give them that direction was really the game changer. It's not that they didn't have the ability to, it's it's just that our industry is so saturated. You know, when you talk about all uh, us being newcomers and you think about what it is that we do, and there are so many training companies, coaching companies, guidance companies, all of these different things out there, and they all have a different set of KPIs, right? Yeah. And they all have a different set of philosophies. And you try to absorb as an entrepreneur or as somebody who's interested in your business, you try to absorb as much information as possible, right? All information is good information. And so what it does is it creates this whirlwind of confusion where you don't really have a clear direction because you're trying to do everything at once, right? You're trying to focus on all these different KPIs and impact all these different areas. And it becomes a very, very watered down approach to really what it is that you're trying to do overall. And that's make an impact on your business based on a goal that you've set for yourself as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. And I think that's where we've come into the industry and, and been very, very successful with our members in just toning it down and, and putting 
your business plan into perspective, right? It's funny that you mentioned that. So I started, I don't know how much you know about myself or turnkey, but myself and my business partner started actually about 18 months ago now. If somebody had just told me that, to tone it down, get this perspective, man, that would have helped. <laughs> because you're, oh, yeah. every day you wake up and there's just immediate problems and you sort of exist in this world where you're constantly a chicken with its head cut off, you know? Right. And it's, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just breathe. It's it's the classic search for the magic bullet, right? We're all looking for that silver bullet that just gets us where we need to go the fastest. Yeah, and yeah. and and we overlook the fact that we are the most instrumental in anything that we do, right? And so if we're not in a place where we're mentally or overall focused on what it is that needs to get done and have clear goals, clear actions doesn't matter what the bullet is it's not going to work yeah absolutely and i think another thing that holds well any entrepreneur particularly a shop owner though back is is the fear of being away from your company which leads to burnout right so i'm just thinking in my own personal case but i mean it's even worse for shop owners you can't just close your shop for a week to go down to mexico you know and if you do you know just leave it in the shop manager's hands or something you're always going to be it's always going to be in the back of your mind. You're never able to fully relax. Is there something that, any tip or trick that you've identified? Yeah. So our, our members don't have that problem, Peter. We, we we frequently have people that will go to Mexico for a week or two and and not worry about their business. And, and that's because of what it is that we, are, you know, we focus on. And, you know, our whole thing is we want the owner to be working on his business, but not necessarily in his business. You know, if, if you got to go out there and you got to be the guy who makes the sales at the counter uh, or you're the guy who produces the hours as a technician in the back, you're always going to be that guy. And your business is way less marketable when you think about future planning. Right. Your business is way less marketable if you are the business. So we don't want that for our owners. When we're, when we're talking about achieving and accelerating that level of success, them being instrumental in the business success, very important. Uh, but them being instrumental in business operations uh, is almost the opposite of really what we're trying to do. And that's one of the questions that we ask our members when we're bringing them on board to see if they're a good fit is, would your business perform well if you were sick or unable to work in it for an extended period of time? And the answer is usually always no. Uh, And then they come on board with us and, and we show them that, you know, through our, through our business planning process that we do and the software that we use that they do have to be responsible for making sure that things get done, but they don't have to be responsible for doing them. In most cases, it's really about building a team around yourself and creating actionized goals of who's going to do what, when that creates that level of uh, uh, absentee owner, I guess you'd call it. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, a mental block is, I mean, just by entrepreneurial nature, I think mm. people like to be hands-on. They kind of have trouble letting go. They have trouble they delegating. Do. So I, mean, I imagine that's kind of something you had to kind of wrestle with quite a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. It, I didn't say it was an easy process to get that done, Peter. I just said <laughs> it's the process that we use, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but but yeah, it, it, we, we are, I mean, by nature, what we do as an industry is very, very hands-on, right? And and what we do is we 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 do promote that, but we shift that energy, 
right? And, and we want you to be hands-on, but we want you to be hands-on in the specific goals that you have, right? So if, if you come to me and you've written your business plan on a napkin at the beginning of the year, like most of us have, right? Yep, that's how I started, yep. <laughs> right? Uh, and you say, I want to do $1.2 million a year, then I could say, okay, no problem. Just do 100K every month, right? There's your action. Get it done. Not realistic because your business isn't as busy in February as it is in November. At that point, most of the people who are working in their business take it upon themselves to personally try to reach $1.2 million. The actual fact is, is they're not going to be able to do that on their own, right? Mm -hmm. And so we like to try to break it down and take it a step further. Okay, you want to do 1.2. Have you ever done 1.2? No. Okay, great. How are you going to do it if you've never done it? Well, chances are in order to do something you've never done before, you're going to have to try and do and accomplish things that you've never accomplished before. Just goes without saying, right? You know, uh, there are two things that are true in this industry. Number one, it's going to take time uh, and dedication. And number two, it's probably going to cost you money to do to do those things, right? You, you talk about marketing and, and training and all of those things that go into it. And then from there, you got to start to dissect the business, right? And, and find out what it takes to get there. So there is a tremendous amount of hands-on work. It's just not the hands-on work that you would traditionally think it would be, right? It's not replacing alternators and, and shocks and struts. It's, it's working on the who, what, when, where, and how that's going to get you to that point. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up too. I mean, another, uh, I don't want to say pitfall that people fall into, I have found is Exactly, kind of what you just mentioned, like the, the dreamer, I call it. Mm -hmm. So right. the dreamer, I, I wanted, I mean, my company, I want to do $2 million this year. Is it going to happen? Right. It's not realistic, no. So it's, it's, again, breaking down another mental barrier that you sort of put up for yourself or, mm -hmm. another, or another sort of self-sabotaging thing. Because right. if, and then if you don't hit that $2 million, you feel like you failed and then it's kind of demotivated. Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. And 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 here, to, just to take it even further, like you know, you, you said you wanted to do two million dollars, right? And, and but how many times throughout the month, the week, the year, did you revisit where you're at right. or how you can impact that, right? And, and I feel like that that's an industry wide issue. Right. And, you know, as as somebody who was a regional manager and in up, upper level management, it was my responsibility to, to create business plans for all the stores underneath me and send them up to corporate on what my goals were for the year. And then we'd look at it quarterly. Right. Yeah. As a regional manager, that's where we reviewed it. And and we talked about whether we were up and up or down. And to be honest with you, we were just getting lucky. All right. When, when we hit it, when we hit the plan, we, we were lucky because we weren't doing things that were actionable, right? We were focusing on 20 different KPIs and we were really just focusing on dollars. That's what we were focusing on. Here's, here's the, the, the downside to that. When we didn't hit it, it was already too late. We didn't have the ability then to know what was going on while it was happening, right? Could you imagine watching boarding event, football, hockey, something along those lines, and you never knew the score? You're just watching them play this game and nobody knows what's really going on or who's winning. Kind of me after too many beers, but but that's what we're doing on a daily basis in our business, right? Yeah, you pull up your vital signs, right? You're looking at your gross profit for the day and stuff like that. But do you know where you are overall big picture to your business plan? 
that would that's one of the things that uh you know, we preach and, you know, our software does really well is it, it allows you to know the score of the game while it's being played. Sure. So, you know, which areas to impact and you know, which places that, uh, that need your immediate attention. It, it, it takes that pie in the sky. I wrote down 2 million business plan and it forces you to look in the mirror every day, right. Of, of where you're at towards that plan. Right. right. Uh, and, and and it really allows you to make it more achievable, but it, it puts it into a lot more perspective, too. You would be surprised, Peter, when we initially set up uh, that business plan, where owners think their business is versus where they're actually at um, is night and day in a lot of cases because they're in the middle of it. Right. They, they don't have that outside looking in 50,000 feet viewpoint because they're in this the, the eye of the tornado every day. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it, it's difficult to have perspective when you're in it, in, in the eye, right. as you say. Yeah, right. absolutely. So just, so just to wrap up, Jack, if, if you had to give, I guess, one piece of free advice, I mean, you've obviously worked with tons and tons of different shops, mm-hmm. and, we, and we've discussed a bunch of pitfalls and solutions here. If you could give our listeners one piece of free advice that anybody can implement today, what do you think that would be? Oh, it's that's that simple. Success is not accidental. You're not going to be successful on accident. You have to have a plan. The plan has to be realistic. You have to have specific actions of who is going to do what, when they're going to do it. And there has to be a level of accountability to it. You know, we've all heard the phrase actions speak louder than words, right? So why don't we actionize the plans that we write for ourselves? Why don't we actionize those dreams and create goals and actions from them in order to make them achievable? Because, you know, Peter, a a lot of people in our industry, you know, for for a lot of people, there is no plan B. There's no plan B, right? They're either technicians who have come into this business. Maybe they're a legacy. Their their father or grandfather handed down the business. But this is their livelihood. This is their future. This is what they're, they're choosing to do. And so for them... This has to succeed. There's no plan B. Now, Jack, before I let you go, we do ask this to all of our guests, not to trip yeah. you up. Being, I mean, you're, you've been in the industry for as long as you can remember, I'm sure. What is your all-time favorite vehicle? Unfortunately, I have two, really. There's my dream vehicle, and then there's my personal favorite vehicle. And those are two different vehicles, unfortunately. So I would say my favorite vehicle uh, is a 1968 Plymouth Roadrunner. That was my first car. Uh, my dad brought it home in a box. Essentially, it was just you know <laughs> boxes of parts, and uh, he says, "Hey, I bought you a car," and I was like, "Oh, that's great!" You know, I'm all excited, and I go down to look at it, and there's this you know shell of a 1968 Roadrunner with boxes and pallets of parts and stuff around <laughs> it. And I said, "What's that?" He says, "Put it together," and so I did. Right, favorite car, 1969 Camaro is probably. Yeah, the the favorite. uh, Classic American muscle. Yes, yes. This has been another episode of Auto Service World Conversations with your host, Peter Bowler. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And thank you, as always, to Sirius XM Canada for being our title sponsor. Today, we're also sponsored by Apex, the Automotive Aftermarket Parts Exposition, the annual Apex show in Las Vegas this November. It's where the industry meets face-to-face with current partners and new suppliers to discuss products. 
Take three days to get up to speed on changing standards and technology to handle your customers' toughest challenges. Stay on top of new trends and gain actionable insights to enhance company culture and your management style. For more information and to register, visit www.apexshow.com.